so living in a military area and military towns, um, I've often heard the joke that when people meet you and you're, you're in the military, they ask, oh, the next question is, well, what do you do? What's your rank? What, you know? And it's only so they can gauge how much respect they have to give you, because if you're a small job or you're low on the totem pole, they're like, oh, yeah, no one cares about you. Um, and so it's kind of you know, the, the question of, what do you do? Is kind of our social meter or gauge of like, well, how much do I have to respect you? What, what can you do for me, maybe? Um, and that's pretty much what they're doing to Jesus in the gospel today. They say, well, what can you do for us? The for us is implied. Um, but they've already seen him multiply the, the bread. They've already seen him do signs and wonders. By now we're in the sixth chapter of John, um, which the first half of the gospel is completely about his signs or miracles. And so they've seen him do miraculous things, but they still question, well, what can you do? Here's the test. Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. Where's our manna? At which point I have to just think Jesus is like, are you kidding me? Did you not see the 5,000 people eat? Whatever. All right. So, um, but the, the point being that the Messiah was prophesied to be greater than Moses. And Moses gave them manna in the, de- manna in the desert. But Moses prayed and the manna didn't come until the next morning. Jesus prays and the food is multiplied immediately. So already we see that Jesus' miracle is greater than that of Moses in this case. But they still don't see him for what he is. And then he tells them, well, I am the bread of life. And they're like, yeah, good. Okay, about that. Where's this bread? Like they're still not understanding um, what he's implying, what he's prophesying, what he's telling them, uh, and what he's showing them. Um, But they... They do their best. You know, they gave a good effort. It's a terrible effort, but they still gave it. Speaking of a good effort, we celebrate two saints today whose uh, efforts were excellent. St. Peter Chanel and St. Louis-Marie Grignon de Montfort. What an incredibly long name. Shorten it up, man. Um, But two wonderful saints who had a beautiful devotion to Our Lady. Uh, St. Peter Chanel was part of the Society of Mary and often relied on Mary to support and help his teachings, uh, his missionary uh, proclamations to the people of Fortuna. I've never heard of it. Don't know if it still exists. I'm sure it does, but don't know where it is. It's in the Pacific Islands, apparently. But uh, yeah, so he preached the word gloriously, and because of it, he garnered a martyr's death. (laughs) He did great, and they killed him for it. So, um, but he like I said, heavily relied on Mary to help him in his tireless efforts. And it says that um, in the the office of readings today, he would come home exhausted and drenched in sweat just to get up and do it again the next day. Um, Now, in my head, I'm thinking, man, I wonder if a cassock dries that quickly overnight. Oh, that's got to be gross to put on in the morning. So, of course, clearly I'm not on the same level as him because I'm thinking about my own comfort. Uh, and wearing a cassock in the Pacific Islands. But um, nonetheless, he tirelessly preached to the natives and uh, his efforts were rewarded. They eventually killed him, as I said, to try and squelch the Christian church in the islands. And all it did was lead to a flourishing. And then St. Louis de Montfort, obviously one of the most uh, influential Marian scholars and writers uh, of the last, I don't know, 500 years. And 
only a priest for 16 years, I found out. Um, also, just in my research, they were like, he was a third order Dominican. And I was like, of course he was. I mean, there's, <laughs> come on, everyone I know these days is a, some connection to you guys. So <laughs> I just laugh because I've, you know, known of St. Louis de Montfort for years and years and years and done the, the total consecration to Mary many times and never once did it come across my knowledge that he was a third order Dominican. Um, so, you know, happy feast day. And, uh, <laughs> but again, like his, his tireless preaching earned him an early death. He was so worn out from how much he would go around preaching and trying to get people to see that the easiest way to be truly devoted to Jesus is to go through his mother, our queen. Um, and so just what an example of holy life and tireless preaching that he is um, that we celebrate today. And so finally, bringing it all the way back to the first reading, we have another uh, martyr preacher. The, the first martyr uh, of our church after the resurrection, St. Stephen the deacon. Um, and just a little factoid, my grandfather, who was, as I've told you many times, a subdeacon in the Orthodox Church, actually died on the feast day of uh, St. Stephen. So December 26th, and we always thought that was neat. Um, but St. Stephen is preaching tirelessly. He's, he's calling people to task and telling them, here's what you did wrong, here's how you can make it better, and they don't like it. So um, it hit me as I was reading, or as I was listening to the first reading, two things. One, apparently if you ever see the heavens open up and the glory of the Lord revealed, it's not going to end well for you because they, they killed him when he was like, I see it! And they're like, oh no, you don't! Um, but... <laughs> So that was one. And then two, it made me laugh that he was just like, okay, take me, Lord. When Paul, who was there as Saul, was also, to my knowledge, stoned once or twice and did not die from it. So Stephen was like, nope, this is it. I'm down. I'm dead. But St. Paul was like, they beat me. They shipwrecked me. They scourged me. They stoned me a couple of times. And still, I'm keeping going. It just... I wonder if he thought of Stephen ever. He was like, oh, this is really terrible. I feel bad about that whole thing. I'm sure he did. But um, again, St. Stephen, this wonderful example of preaching the truth, even though it gets him martyred. Um, and so we have so many examples today of great people that have gone before us, people who lived the faith. I mean, pick any one of the three, St. Stephen, um, St. Peter Chanel, and St. Louis de Montfort. Any one of them will show you the path to Jesus. Like tireless effort rewarded by great um, heavenly bliss. And so the only way that any of those three were able to run the race well, as Paul will eventually write, um, is because Jesus is that bread come down from heaven, given to us, that doesn't leave us orphans, but is his true flesh and his true blood given to us to receive so that we might suppress what is uh, not of God in ourselves and allow what is of God to flourish forth in us uh, and so eventually merit us that great heavenly reward that we all hope for.